Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Man on the Post podcast. I'm your host Ross, back and the big chair for today. It feels weird. They always say you should never go back. Hopefully this ends better than uh, Mourinho's time at Chelsea. But more on Chelsea later on. Uh, with me on a Sunday, as always, is Dave. Hello, mate. How are you? Hi. Very well, thank you. Good, good. And joining us all the way from Scotland is uh, Ali. How are we doing? How are you, mate? It's good to have you back, boss. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Yeah, it feels weird hosting this. I kind of just hand this off to anyone I could do. <laughs> Chris has done a really good job. So. Could you uh, speak with a Brummie accent, please? Just to... <laughs> Make you feel more at home. <laughs> if you want to get some jabs at Alan Shearer along the way, then I'll, I'll feel like he's not been aware. <laughs> I can't do that. I love that, man. Even for the Neil Lennon kick. Kind of what makes me like him even more. <laughs> um, but we will start, obviously. We're going to talk about all the games this weekend. We're going to end with the, the Chelsea... Um, shambles I suppose with the, the Kepper incident well, then with that, there was a big game on Sunday as well between Man United and Liverpool which nothing really happened in but let's talk about Friday and Saturday's games it was goals galore let's start at the Cardiff City Stadium I think that's what it's called they got battered by Watford that was amazing uh, Warnock's having a real bad time at the minute um, all his chickens have come home to roost really especially if, he, if he's going to deal with William Mackay then this stuff's going to happen um, aside from that did anyone see the game? Did anyone see them just get embarrassed by Watford? I've seen the, the highlights back. Um, just uh, Delafeu running, running riot, really. <laughs> he, he, he does this, doesn't he, occasionally? He has these kind of one or two games a season where he shows up and shows the, the talent that he has and then just disappears for the rest of it. Well, I imagine if uh, La Liga had defenders of the calibre of Equil Mango and Salt Bamba, then he'd have done it, he'd have done it more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very fair. I know Adam Adam absolutely loves Delefeu. He's got a Delefeu custom-made um, tea coaster um, that he got right at the end of Delefeu's reign at Chelsea uh, at Everton before he left, and he just sees it as a reminder every time he looks at it as well, what he could have had. Um, yeah, but it's an Everton fan. I mean, they've not got much to pin their, you know, their, their heroes on. So, you know, you've got to give them, like when they get a bit of exciting talent from Spain, um, who, who performs one in 13 games, um, they've got to they've got to live, life, live life on the edge for that one. Yeah, he loves that. He loves Delefeu. He got a hat-trick. Troy Deeney got two more. I'm not a fan of Troy Deeney, but he, he is scoring goals still in the Premier League. It, it he's effective. Yeah. You know, he's, there's no talent there. I mean, he's interviewed against that about the Arsenal member when he said about them basically having no balls sort of thing. Mm. Um, I mean, that sums up Troy Deeney in a nutshell. Yeah. Just that big battering ram. Um, he's finishing he's finishing's good when he's, you know, in front of goal. Mm. Um, and I suppose that's the hardest part of a striker. But, I mean, when you're pinning your hopes on Troy Deeney in 2019, there's a reason why mid-table is your, is your peak. peak. You know, that's where you're... 
That's where you're finishing. Yeah, definitely. I'm trying some stats on this. Warnock has lost his last four home league games against Watford by an aggregate score of 16-2. to two. <clears throat> Wow. Wow. That's impressive. It is, is cons- considering like Watford aren't exactly, you know, like Man City. It's a, <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit of a niche team to be hammered by every time. Yeah, <laughs> four goals a game, you get battered by them. I mean, that isn't, that's an impressive stat to have. He's also, uh, that's his 16th league defeat against Watford as well. They're definitely a full-on Warnock bogey team. Um, but yeah, Watford keep climbing. They're, they're in seventh. They're, I mean, they're 10 points behind Chelsea. They're not going to catch them, but they're in a proper little ding-dong battle with Wolves, aren't they, week in, week out, to try and get that seventh place for whatever that's worth these days. Yeah, that, that mid-table's quite... It's actually quite exciting to watch. It seems to be changing every week with Watford, Wolves, Everton now were there for a part, and Leicester, when they went on, you know, they keep, Leicester go on like the mini runs mm. where they win a couple, lose a couple, win. so they're always hanging about there. It's actually been quite entertaining. Um, I think West Ham are up there as well. Yeah, they are. Let's talk about West Ham. They're they, beat, there, so. they beat Fulham. Fulham are terrible. Um, I mean, they're definitely going down, aren't they, Fulham? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't have a minus 35 goal difference at this point. <laughs> I really plan to steal. Yeah, they've got 17 points and it's March next week. <clears throat> the, the highlight of this game, I saw some highlights of this one, is Ryan Babble's hair. What has he done? It's been that for a discussed amount of time now, to be honest. Like, I've never, I've, this is the first time I've seen him since he's been back. Uh, I mean, he just looks like an arsehole, doesn't he? So. <laughs> Does he think he's still plays for Liverpool? Like gone with I was going to ask, like, the, the, what has he done? Was that sign up for Fulham or he's here? What are you implying here? <laughs> <laughs> like, Ranieri's in trouble. Fulham want him out, or Fulham fans want him out already. They yeah, they, re- they really don't the like him, do they? Yeah. Um, I mean, he should have really just stuck with Ivanovic. Well, all Ranieri's done is play more defenders and been less <laughs> less effective. <laughs> I, yeah. I, did, I did laugh when I saw that... Uh, Nordvite was lined up for them on Friday night. I thought, well, that's not going to help, is it? Wow, yeah. That's, uh, and, uh, <laughs> that's your best defender on the pitch. Yeah, that's not, that's, you, you got problems. Declan Rice was around the match in this. He has come out of nowhere, really. Um, he, <laughs> he's been called on Twitter the Basmati Buskets, which is quite nice. <laughs> quite like that. <laughs> hey, if you're getting compared to Biscuits in any way, you're going to take it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He seems to be the new great white hope of English football in that kind of central defensive midfield role. Um, I don't did get Ireland fans getting in a bit of a tizzy about it. It's all happened, wasn't it? I was going to say, did you see the Irish uh, banner they made? No, which said, which, which said, you've taken our potatoes, but you'll never take our rice. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Fair play, that is genius. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole international setup is a, is an absolute disgrace, though. Like, Yeah. Just on that, I mean, there's no no player should be allowed to play for I, I, even at even at school level, like you know that that Rice did. And one once you play, I don't know, you you you, you have to pick a line, mm. like either under 18s. Like once you're capped for a nation at that point, you know that's you. You've made your bed. That's that's you. Yeah. Like I I get why I get it from like Declan Rice's point of view. I mean, he's probably not seen a way into the England setup at the time. He wants the exposure, you know. He wants the game time. Hmm. Um, you have to wonder why he's not getting looked at for the England youth setup. But I mean, England youths have, have been like impe- impeccable, really, for years. Yeah, it's just never developed onto the onto the main stage. So 
you can see it from history, but I mean, he's took away a development spot from a young Irishman, you know, who yeah. could have had a career. Say, obviously, it's not going to maybe not developed in Ireland into any better team, but it might have developed a player into a Premier League player, and just that financial aspect that could have come to Irish football and. It's definitely something FIFA need to look at because I think the whole situation is a farce. Um, as you said before, Ross, it's a, it's a no-brainer. It was kind of obvious what was going to happen. Yeah, I don't get. I don't really get their their disappointment. They're they're never realistically going to keep him as a an Irish international. Some stats on this one: um, that was Ryan Babble's first Premier League goal for three thousand days. Nice, nice round number I can't, to finish that I can't tell you how many who the goal it must have been for Liverpool he it scored was, yeah against Villa but there wasn't there wasn't many he scored for us so. <laughs> December 2010 was his last goal wow. um, Javier Hernandez scored his 50th he's the first Premier League player a uh, Mexican Premier League player to score 50 goals and all 50 have been scored from inside the box I mean that's an obvious part of that stat isn't it yeah. how, how many with his hand or is this just <laughs> limited just, just, just limited to Friday <laughs> I'd say it would be about three mm. I, I mean he's a it, it, it has to call it what it is. He should cheat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's no other way around it. Yeah, that's that is cheating. I mean, it happened for Leeds earlier in the season, and I was all for it. But <laughs> yeah, but that's diff- that's different. Exactly. <laughs> it's not cheating when it's for your team. You pay for your you pay for your stadium. You're allowed to cheat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fulham have conceded 61 goals this season, um, and they've just got four wins. They haven't won a single away game all season. It's, it's just it's relegation written it's, all over it. It's scary to think wherever well, not everyone, but most people were predicting Fulham for this season. Not to stay up and finish kind of roughly yeah. the table, yeah. People were talking about them as like Europa League challengers mm. um, at the start of the season. You know, challenging your West Ham's and um, and Wolves. I mean, Wolves were always going to be talked about up there for the for the team they have. But Fulham, there was no justification really for Fulham to be up there. When no. looking, looking at their squad, I mean, it's a good championship squad. Session Young, for me, has been found out. Um, yeah. And he was really who they pinned their hopes on from last season, it, it seemed, in the championship. Yeah. I don't know if any of you two guys have heard the extra time pod from this week. I think it only got released today. But um, we had Justin on this week. And he said Fabianski is the kind of the, the best all-around goalkeeper in the league. He doesn't do anything outstanding. But everything he does, technically and uh, technique-wise, is spot on. That's how you would coach. He said all the other top keepers, and we'll get on to keepers later on. Um, but they've <laughs> all got some. They all they all excel at stuff, but they've all got a weakness in their game. But Fabianski hasn't got any weakness, but no massive strength. Would you? Would you kind of rate Fabianski, Dave, in the the league? Um, I said a few weeks ago on the pod, I classed him as the best keeper outside of the the, the big clubs, if you will. But. Mm. Um, I would probably only put him behind De Gea and uh, I mean, if we talk, Lloris is hot and cold Edison doesn't yeah. have an awful lot to do <laughs> Alisson we've talked about where I can barely remember making that many saves of note which isn't necessarily his fault he's had more of a sweeper Vir- he's, had, he's had Virgil van Dijk doing all his dirty work yeah. um, obviously we'll come on to uh, old pop it on hands at Chelsea <laughs> uh, um, so, so yeah like to me he's, he's certainly in the top three keepers in the league yeah, he's doing a good job at West Ham. I think his time at Arsenal came a bit too early for him, and under a lot of pressure being the West Ham, uh, the Arsenal keeper um, behind the, some of the defences that Arsenal have had in recent years. Uh, but no, I think, yeah, well, like you said, Ali, West Ham are 
they're in that mix for that seventh. They're, they're bouncing around. They're, they're four points off Watford now, um, with what eleven games to go. It's still there for them. Uh, yeah, you, uh, for me, you'd have to fancy West Ham over over Watford. A bit more consistent. Mm. Um, I mean, they spent a lot of money in the summer. It was hugely talked about. Hundred million. I um, but I mean, some of the some of the players they brought in have you know have paid off. And I mean, Anderson's been one of the players of the season. Yeah. Um, Antonio, you know, on his on his day, Antonio's just a real threat. Uh, De- as you said, Declan Rice has properly emerged as like one of the, the consistent players of the season. Mm. I think their defence is generally quite solid. Uh, Cresswell is, I mean, Liverpool were interested in him a, a couple of years back as like a backup left back, yeah. just because he's that solid, assured performer. Mm. Um, as like he's both mentioned, Fabianski is. Um, is is up there with the best in the league. I mean, I think he's head and shoulders above Chelsea's goalkeeper and Spurs' goalkeeper. Mm. Um, you can, I'm not sure you can compare him to Ederson and Allison, just different keepers and yeah, different for the players, style of football. They, yeah, for the style of football we play, those two are the keepers that we need. Not necessarily like people will always laugh, but I mean, I'm sure a City fan and and ourselves, we wouldn't even swap them for like a De Gea and Neuer because they're not the keepers that. We need um, so Fabianski's up there, and I mean, Chikorito, whatever we say, I mean, he, he's a goal scorer, and when he's finding his form um, in that box, like he, you feel West Ham should kind of even be doing better than they actually are. Yeah, it could be a really dangerous team if it all clicks. West Ham, I like them a lot. Let's move on to Saturday. Um, Spurs, they Spurs it up. Good old Spurs. <laughs> it's almost March, but they're finally out of the title race. I'm, they're, they're done now. Five points. They're not going to catch that. There's no way Liverpool and City both drop enough points for Spurs to catch them. And it came at the hands of Burnley. Yes. <laughs> Hilariously. Uh, former Leeds man Chris Wood with a goal and Ashley Barnes as well, the late winner. Uh, Harry Kane returned and got a goal, as he will do. Um, but yeah, Burnley are on a bit of a run in there at the minute. They haven't lost this year, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I mean, it shows like it must have been we beat them uh, the first weekend in December, I think it was. Yeah. Maybe just end of November, um, and uh, mm. they were marooned really in the bottom three, mm. and now they're two points above us. So, annoying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is, but we, we actually play them on Tuesday night. But uh, they, um, the turnaround there has been incredible, and it all coincides with. Uh, so. A certain goalkeeper being removed <laughs> for one, for one that actually episode, this is. one that actually saved shots, so yeah. it worked out well for them. There is a point where Joe Hart was the number one, and Leeds um, after a keeper, and Tom Heaton was coming back and not playing. And Leeds fans were saying, "Oh yeah, let's get Tom Heaton on loan." Are you, you fucking lunatics! Why would they ever loan Tom Heaton out to a Championship club? He's <laughs> arguably England's number one keeper. Like, Absolutely I think they, they, they might have actually been a chance genuinely for it because I, I think they genuinely seen Joar as, you know, the answer for some stupid reason. And then <laughs> well, as well as having Nick Pope as well, yeah. Um, so like they could they had him as the ba- ba- stupidly backup, you know, Nick Pope head and shoulders above Joar as well. Hmm. Um, so I think at the start of the season it was definitely an option for for a couple of clubs to take. Whether those players were willing to drop down to the championship would have been a different matter. But yeah. um, there was definitely an option, unfortunately, like for for whoever was interested. You know, both keepers got injured fairly quickly. Mm. 
but obviously they've now seen sense and Joe Hart's now going to go play League 2 surely next season <laughs> Speaking of keepers and Justin again he said Joe, the problem with Joe Hart is his, his technique he doesn't trust in his own technique anymore and he makes basic errors that it, it should be easy to coach out of him but he's been doing the same things for years now and at this point he, he's not going to change so this is his lot now and he's going to be a, a, a bench keeper at best in the Premier League if I mean, at very best. I mean, Neil Warwick might take him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably. Um, there's not really much else to say on that one, apart from Spurs, just they're always there over thereabouts, but they can never really get over the line, can they? Always just, the bright speed. Yeah. <laughs> just to stick with the goalkeeper theme, um, very happy to see Hugo Luis just watching that header go in. So, ah, <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> Is that the Christmas one? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yes, I mean, it went in off the bar, but like, it didn't seem like it was that hard to at least make an attempt for it. But... No, he could have at least dived. Well, I, I hate Hugo Lloris more than any goalkeeper in the world, including Joe Hart. He, he's just, <laughs> there was a stigma going around him where, he, where people believed he was the best keeper in the world for so long mm. because he'd come off his line. The difference between coming off your line with intelligence and then Hugo Lloris. Hugo Lloris got beat to the ball so many times where players would go round him or he would have to foul them. And it was like it was just a moment, matter of time before like you know a quick player or a good player was going to catch him out. Yeah. And now it seems to happen every week and it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I spoke golf for Sunday League and I was always off my line. I mean, it's not something it's not a great thing to do if you you can't kind of make saves from there. Like just stand your line shot Shot stop. He's a very That's why we were playing stop. Sunday League, Ross. Well, yeah, you know, right. I did the same in Sunday League. I didn't want to be in goal, but I just wanted the game. I'm six foot seven. <laughs> I got lobbed every single week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about Bournemouth and Wolves. This is uh, all action. Three penalties in this one, was it, I think, in the end? It was, yeah. Um, also, I'm not sure what happened with the referee. He wasn't supposed to referee this game, I think they were saying on Sky Sports yesterday. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm not really sure why. I think it was Roger East. Yeah, yeah, he, he yeah. did it. I don't know who was meant to do it, but yeah, he was definitely the ref in yeah. the end. Stepped in at the last minute and gave three pens. And then the, 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 the sprinklers all went off as well, just in the middle of the game. Chaos. That was a hard one, yeah. Chaos down at the Vitality Stadium. <laughs> uh, yeah, Josh King scored one and missed one, uh, and Raul Jimenez uh, scored what would be the equaliser. Um, Do you know, like on on this game, I, I watched it this morning because obviously the talking point of the the referee, I didn't know it had been changed, but th- they were all penalties for me. Um, I think and one of them was not, controversial. Was the last one was it outside the box. It was outside the box, um, but that's where obviously we need VAR mm. when it's so close like that. It, it it's one of those for for a referee. Do you give the the advantage to the attacking team or the defensive team when it's so close to the line? Mm. Um, I always would give it to the defensive team because just because it's one of those that you, you never want to give a penalty unless you're 100% sure. Yeah. Um, so that at least you can make a you know an honest assessment to the opposition manager, especially at the level that I obviously refereed. Um, but you can see why he's given it. I mean, where where the tackles made, where the player lands, it, it's one of those that. It's a foul. He's got the decision right whether or not it's in the box. And it's where all these people who are against VAR then need to look at it and say, well, you know, that takes a minute to 
to clear up yeah. right away. Um, what I like about the referee in that game is he took his time before giving every decision. Mm. You know, so he, so he's assessed the situation, um, and even because there's, there's a there was a lot of yellow cards, um, and in goals on Sunday they went through them all. Just you know, a quick look at each video, and he's got them all right. I yeah, mean, nine yellow cards, three penalties. The, the, I'd say he was actually there was there should have been at least three red cards. <laughs> I think it was Josh King. No, it couldn't have been. Did you see uh, Jefferson Lerma with the old uh, elbow to the face? Yeah, it was Lerma. That's it. Sorry, that came flying through with the elbow first, um, and then two, pounds for, it? two of the Wolves players went in. Like Neves made the most of one, you know, where he's dived out of the way, but. The, the, the foot's come in so high, very dangerous. It could easily have been red cards. So I really don't know what anybody's given referee stick in that game. Again, just another game where you'd like to see players, fans and officials actually learn the laws of the game. <laughs> yeah. The pen for Wolves, uh, for, for Doggerty's, I thought it was actually a brilliant decision because the ones that never get given, because I don't know if you've yes. seen it, but he, he takes a shot. The guy, shot yeah. the guy slides in to block it, doesn't right. block it, and actually takes him out on the follow-through. Oh, right, and nine, yeah. nine times out of ten, they go, ah, well, he's had the shot and it's gone wide. But it is a foul. Like He hasn't played the ball. So, I mean, for me, yeah. it, was the, it was the right choice. 100%. They always give the... If it's outside the box, they always pull it back for a free kick. Mm. But when, as you say, Dave, when it's in the box, they're like, oh, well, shot's done. Advantage has been played. It's an easy decision to just, you know, brush off. But, yeah, it's a, it was an excellent call. Some former Liverpool players on showing this one Ali you're not missing out on anything Dominic Solanke 90 million pounds can't score from a one on one um, shot straight at Patricio and Jordan Ibe was there as well <laughs> doing what just, 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 just needed game time though according to Chris so it's not going to do his talent just needs game time he'll be that world beer I, I think I think we've done very well for the for the money Bournemouth have paid us the last couple of seasons. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I like the fact that Klein's playing Premier League games as well. He's a good right back, and the fact that he mugged off Warnock as well was even, makes me like him even more. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want Klein to go. I mean, I said a couple of weeks ago in the pod. I mean, we've not exactly been um, blessed with right backs. You know, the fact that James Milner played today <laughs> um, at right back. I mean, even I said said, but, well, you, you wouldn't. But I mean, Klein's an, an England international. I mean, he's played one yeah. game in two years. The game he came in and played for Liverpool, he was he was arguably man of the match. Um, and then, yeah, he's he's booted out of the club. Right on, you go on loan. <laughs> and, uh, we're crying out for a fullback for the next few weeks. So I'm delighted he's getting game time. Whatever happened in that two year, I still there's a lot of suspicions going around. Yeah, I'm sure he wasn't injured for that amount of time. No, he certainly wasn't. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't think he'll kick a ball for Liverpool again, and I'm sure we'll get a decent price, probably from Bournemouth. Probably from Bournemouth uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he, he's going to do a turn for most Premier League teams. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's arguably not many better right backs in the league. Very no, um, really good. Very, very. There's not many good right backs in the league, so it's not competition. But you know what I mean. <laughs> Kyle Walker's classed as one of the best. You know, Klein's definitely up there with a chance of getting a game for anyone. Um, Josh King's now the third highest scorer in Norwegian. He's got 39 goals in the Premier League. Who are the other two? Well, Solskjaer's got to be one. I would yeah, think. he's the most. He's got 91. Who's the second? He's got one more than Josh King. Uh, Stephanie Stephen Everson. Oh, well done, Dave. Didn't even need the clue. Yeah, uh. Stephen Everson. 40 goals he's got. Uh, Josh Keane's definitely going to overtake him at some point, probably this season. 
Let's move on. Just on penalties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Newcastle, Dave, you won 2 0. Comfortable afternoon, especially after uh, Smith was sent off in the 20th minute. Huddersfield are just fucking awful, aren't they? Really, really bad. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, I've got a season ticket, so oh, yeah. I've suffered through it every week. But um, <laughs> Huddersfield actually, for the first 10 minutes, kept the ball really well, and I thought, oh, Christ, here we go. And then. <laughs> And then, for some reason, we turned into like Brazil 1970 and started pinging it around a bit. <laughs> and Almiron, um, on his debut, was unlucky not to score. Did he get standing? Uh, he did. I mean, he, it's hard to say how good he is because when you're playing against 10-man Huddersfield, who yeah. are basically, basically a championship team, like you know, it's not it's, yeah, it's, it's not going to be that every week. But uh, the difference he made to the way we play was was noticeable from the off because. Him and Perez and and Rondon to an extent were all linking up constantly throughout the afternoon. Um, he was unlucky not to score himself, but um, he obviously earned a red card, which is the first time in something like 155 Premier League games we've had someone sent off against us. Really, Jesus Christ! Yeah, and even the last one, um, Bradley Johnson and Luke Remy got sent off, so it was like a, they went head to head. So oh, we right. haven't had a, we haven't had a man advantage for. Over yeah, half 155 games as yeah. Just seeing now, I'm just looking at that tackle now. That is disgusting. That is a definite is. red card. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't argue with it. As a, it was a horrible tackle. Um, oh, yeah. But it's mean what happens when you've got players who can actually, you know, commit bodies. You will get a red card against you. So yeah, it's <laughs> worth worth his money already. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm positive. Uh, say we've got Burnley at home on Tuesday night. If we win that, I'm fairly sure we'll be fine. Because um, at the I minute, we're like, fine what? anyway. We should be. We've got the good thing about our fix list is that it was absolutely minging at the start, but then yeah. it's kind of like evens a bit out a bit as the as the season goes on. So um, we've we've had that now. Um, we've got some winnable games coming up. I, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, if you take Fulham and Huddersfield is already down. You've got it's one from Brighton, Cardiff, and Saints in it. I think. Uh, yes, I would. I would hope so. Um, Hopefully, Cardiff, please go away or not. Uh, I think it will be Cardiff, to be honest. I think Brighton have got uh, some fairly winnable home games coming up. Yeah. Um, obviously, they've been off the boil a bit for a while now, but when it, when you're shit, you revert to two banks of four and playing set pieces, which is what Brighton excel at. So I, mean, I, imagine, <laughs> they'll be, I imagine they'll be fine. Yeah. Rondon has been involved in 46% of Newcastle's goals this season. He, uh, he's been a really good signing. Yeah, he's um, he's exactly what we need for the way we play, for what he brings to the team. Um, and he, so he's only going to get better now. He's got more talent around him because, mm. no offense to Christian, Christian Atsu, yeah. you just let you just <laughs> let him shoot. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, but if he's holding it up, and you've got Perez, and you've got Almiron, and you've got now Richie and Yedlin as wing backs, which is working out really well. Um, since we moved to the three centre half system, which was actually for that Burnley game I mentioned before, we. Yeah. We've played up most of the games since then, uh, and we've been a much better side for it. Uh, it suits our players. It suits what we've got. Um, so long may it continue. Longstaff was man of the match, according to the BBC. He had uh, 89 touches and 75 passes, and then he hit a bar as well, didn't he, I think? Yes, some about 30 yards. I mean, it was he's ridiculous, really, because he wasn't really anybody's radar, and then he had to play out of necessity because of injuries to Shelby and Diame, and Key went off to play for Korea. Is he in the academy? Um, yes, yeah, yeah. he's. One of the one of the rare ones who've survived the, the Peter Beardsley reign of terror, <laughs> but, but uh, it, it, honestly, it's like he's played a hundred Premier League games. Like I've rarely seen an academy player, certainly for us, come in and just look so comfortable on the ball. Like 
He's played against Chelsea, he's played against Tottenham, uh, Man City, and he's not looked overawed in any of the games. Um, which I say, it's, it's rare for us to have an academy player anywhere near the team in the first place, but he he could actually be there for 10 years quite easily. Wow. Nice. Um, the evening game was Leicester. They lost 4-1, and Claude Puel also lost his job after the game. Um I think probably rightly so. You lost. You conceded four goals to a Roy Hodgson managed Crystal Palace team. <laughs> uh, Roy became like the oldest man in the world here or something, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this Leicester team is weird. Chris uh, from Extra Times was saying that it, whoever takes this job has got a really, really difficult job on their hands because there's a lot of aging, powerful players at that club that mm-hmm. someone's going to have to move on and. You don't want to be that guy, do you, that, that breaks up this the, the team that won the Premier League, but it's going to have to happen. There's only so long it can persist with Wes Morgan for there, really. But <laughs> I think uh, Jamie Vardy's actually become a bit of a problem because a lot of managers now play sort of a possession-based game yeah. and it doesn't suit him in the slightest. And I think that was kind of where the, the problem lay here because obviously if Vardy's one of your most influential players, it doesn't suit him. He's not scoring. He's not happy. Um, he's not been quiet either has he well I think I saw something the week about when they played Man United and at, at full time Puel went to talk to Pogba or someone like that and Vardy asked why he was talking to them and called, called him a knobhead or something I don't know <laughs> you know standard J- Jamie Vardy really yeah. um, but fundamentally like every time they bought on a striker yesterday the commentator was like and here comes Ayanacho who hasn't scored for 30 games and then no don't worry here's Okazaki who hasn't scored for 45 games and it's just <laughs> no no wonder Vardy's playing. <laughs> well, yeah, no one else can hit the back of the net. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Whereas Missy Batshuayi, uh, he had a good game. Do you he think he it. meant this? Do you, do you think, because like Michael Orr was like, ah, it's just control finish with his thigh. I'm like, bollocks, it's hit him on the leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. He didn't mean it. I don't think he means anything he does. No, I mean, no. I mean, his highlight of the World Cup was that, what, smashing the ball back off the post <laughs> in the face, wasn't it? So... <laughs> I'm, 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 I can't believe I'm agreeing with Michael Owen, but um, I, I do think he's he, he's meant to talk. Whether he, it's not a controlled finish, like let's like not kid ourselves on anything spectacular. But you know, he, he's known what he's doing. He's put his leg out deliberately to to get the touch, to make the connection. Yeah, um, and and hope for the best. Obviously, he's got lucky where it's gone. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but he's definitely just the, the the movement of the leg. It's not like it's you know he's not in a natural stride. Mm. You can see his stretch for the ball. Um, I think he's, he, he was a really good good sign-in for Palace, uh, Bajoai. Yeah, it's like that final piece of the puzzle that they needed, who's not Benteke, basically, um, <laughs> and allowed Zaha not to be the you know, the middleman and let him play wide. Because, um, mm. I mean, we've seen the stats earlier in the season, how, how influential Zaha is in that team. Yeah, definitely. Is he on loan, Bajoai, or do you go permanently in the end? Permanently, I'm sure. I thought I thought it was a loan. We'll have to get Ryan's confirmation on this. So. I'm, I'm just thinking, like you probably end up back at Chelsea now. They can't buy anybody. Yeah, but well, yeah, this is the thing. They, they've, they've got two two transfer window ban, but they've got a, a huge supply of players to call on, haven't they, from all around the world, basically? Well, that's, I mean, obviously, Tammy Abraham will be in the mix as well. Yeah, um, the championship. Why not give him a go? See what he can do. Chelsea may become good. He couldn't look any more off the pace than Gonzalo Higuain does. So. Strangest sign in the history of the Premier League. It's an odd one, yeah. I like Higuain, but not 30-odd-year-old slow Higuain. Nah. That's a problem. 
Um, let's move on to today's games. I don't suppose anyone saw this because it was the same time as another game, but Arsenal beat Saints 2-0. Seemed fairly standard. Um, Lacazette and Mkhitaryan with the goals. Uh, I've seen none of this, to be honest. Other than the no. score. I, I mean, I'm going to guess Southampton were very blunt in attack and uh, James Ward-Prowse probably hit a shot which curled like a banana and didn't go in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to clip that and use it for every Saints game for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about a big one. Well, one of the big ones that happened today. The first big one, uh, Man United played Liverpool. It was it was built up uh, five past two, as everyone everyone saw. Jesus Christ. I mean, the quiz does start at seven, though, but the, the five past two was the game, and <laughs> it finished nil-nil. And really, I watched all of this, apart from the first 20 minutes where everyone got injured, and I don't remember a single thing happening from this game apart from Alisson making one save from Jesse Lingard. That's all that happened. That, and, a, and, a, that, that and an own goal. Um, well, yeah. It was decided for offside. It's a cracking finish um, from Matip. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Matip had probably been our best player up until that point. <laughs> Smashed one past <laughs> and, he, and he almost turned into a villain. I think you, sum, you summed it up best in our WhatsApp group, Ross, when you said it's a terrible advert for the Premier League but a great advert for the rivalry of the game. Yeah, these two take a long time each other. Yeah, I mean, there was no, I mean, so even Solskjaer's like interview after it was a bit salty, you know, mm. talking about the fouls on Rashford, like it wasn't going to happen, you know, in that sort of game. Um, it, it, it was an entertaining nil-nil in a way where it was end to end with with nothing happening. Yeah, oh, I mean, you know, if you like, if you like, if you like throw-ins and bad set pieces, this was the game <laughs> for you. Like, I'm used to bad set pieces, so when we have a good one, it's like Messi scoring when he goes round 19 players. If we get one good corner, you should hear the eruption. Um, James Milner, I'm sorry, Ross, but has to be the worst set piece taker in the history of football. I'm going to defend and, Milner. He is, uh, and he gets enough of them. It's not like he only takes one a game. He gets well, yeah, another thing. I know there's set pieces, but he's playing right back. He's not a right back. We started him as a striker. And then I'm sure Newcastle played him as a striker yeah. and Villa came along and ruined his uh, career. Three kicks, a free kick's a free kick wherever you take it on the park roll. So it doesn't matter where you're playing. He is old, I'm not talking I'm not talking games. about his general place. I'm talking about crossing the ball. He's not 16. He's old now. I couldn't, I, I couldn't believe he wasn't replaced by Alexander-Arnold. Like, yeah. Considering you're effectively playing against 10 men for the last... Was, yeah, well, for the second half. For Alexander-Arnold, the whole game. Um, the game fact that we brought on a Rigi in Sturridge... I can sum this game up from one headline on the BBC. Man of the match, Scott McTominay. Oh. Yeah, by listen. Yeah. <laughs> to me, you can sum the game up better by Dave's tweet earlier on in the game. Four players go off injured and Daniel Sturridge comes on. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> the, the irony in that is, is... You know, summed up the game. Like, as you say, you might as well down to 10 men, realistically, from about the 35th minute. Yeah. I mean, that was such a strange decision. I, I thought for all the money you'd have bought on Shakiri and put Salah through the middle. Because, yeah. you know, at least Shakiri can get on the ball and pick a pass, whereas it, it was ball like a hot potato today. No one keep hold of for more than two seconds. Can we just talk about how bad Salah and Manny were, though? Oh, fuck Like, as bad me. as James like, Milner was, but I don't think Manny passed pass Salah for a short good, game. No. And Salah, at one point, broke one-on-one with an injured Mata, <laughs> and Mata won the ball off him. Uh, I like how I like how he limped as he cleared it. Just like, just have to say, yeah, I've just done that on on half a yeah. leg. <laughs> Salah's been wonderful for us, but Liverpool fans are comparing them to like Torres and Suarez. Of right, but both those guys, when they had a bad game, were still head and shoulders above everybody else on the pitch. Yeah, you know they always looked dangerous. 
when Salah's bad, he like, and he has been quite a lot this season. Even with like he scored a lot of goals, but I mean we're comparing him. He was never going to be the same as he was last season, like playing wide. But he's been so bad in so many games. Do you think he's just a bit burnt out? So Egypt rushed him back to play in the World Cup, and then we rushed him back as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and and we're pinning a league title hope on a player, mm. so that it must be mentally exhausting as well. And we yeah. we haven't signed anybody, so there's nobody to replace him with. He has to play more or less ninety minutes every game. He hasn't yeah. turned up against any of the the big sides you've played this season. No, no, I can remember, and I don't count Arsenal in that for obvious reasons. Yeah. But, <laughs> you, you said big side; that was enough. He's just been, as you say, today was so bad. He wasn't the only one, of course, but. Um, it's almost like he's trying too hard. Like he's he's not yeah. doing the, the simple things anymore. He, he gets it and feels like he has to try and beat a few players. And I mean, to me, he's never really been lethal anyway. Like, yeah, he got what forty goals last season, but he probably missed twice as many. Like, he, he was getting so many <coughs> chances in a game. Hmm. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe he's not getting as many this year, so it's not not as obvious. But um, he's certainly not the player he was last season. I think it could be what Ali said. He's. I think he feels the weight of expectations on his shoulder, and then he's. He's just running down blind alleys with the ball and hoping something's just going to happen with it. But yeah, the connection between him and Mane, Mane looked lost out there. And did Sturridge touch the ball? I saw him come on the pitch and I don't remember him doing a single thing after that. He had uh, one one shot from 45 yards or something that bounced about eight, eight times. <laughs> yeah, that was right at the start. I, I actually was excited for the, the storage substitution at first. You know, I thought it kind of made sense. Mm. Somebody with a bit of composure. Yeah. In and around the a box, fox in the box, striking. Yeah. But we didn't get the ball to him, <laughs> and I mean that's our biggest. Our biggest issue is our midfield. We've got three players who do very similar things. Yeah, uh, you know Fabinho, who's perfect in that role, but Henderson wants to be Fabinho, mm-hmm. and, and he just can't. He's Henderson. I mean, you guys can. I mean, What's Dave, can you got to do to get a game? I reckon he's sleeping with Klopp's wife and Klopp's <laughs> right out of it. And I think Klopp's been sleeping with Lovren's wife and that's why Lovren still gets a game because he's got to keep him happy. There's, there's something going... Like, the, Klopp's, Klopp was the biggest failure today. Like yeah. um, we In our Liverpool group, we do like a, a ratings thing for a, for a Liverpool podcast. And I, I said today that we need to, Klopp needs a managerial rating because every time we've got, we play a big game this season... Klopp's either got the wrong, made the wrong substitutions at the wrong time, right. um, picked the wrong. I mean, there was no logic today, and and the way United have been set up recently to drop Alexander Arnold and bring in James Milner just to play at Milner in a big game <laughs> um, at right back. Yeah, like Martial, well not Martial, sorry, Rashford of late has been you know ferocious up front. He's fast. He's direct. You don't want that against James Milner. Um, I think you said it best for the. Didn't Adam call it that they've to target the fullbacks? Yeah. Well, Alexander and Arnold and, and Robertson, you know, both got pace purely because for the likes of Rashford, um, Sanchez coming on, they just. Milner can't, like in Milner's defence, he can't do anything against that. He's no. just. He's, he is old. He's playing just, in the central midfield at this point, just pinging balls around, not trying to. Keep up with pacey strikers and wingers. Yeah, Milner should be playing in the games against the Huddersfields of the world, the Brightons. Yeah, you know where you could rest Fabinho, or you can drop Fabinho back to centre half. You know when like Sir Van Dyke's out and Lovren's got the flu and 
you know, all that. But just Klopp today, he, he, his interviews were angry, he was disappointed and all the expressions, I mean, you called it as well, he just looked like a man who was furious on the sideline today. But yeah. he needs to look in the mirror today and really hold his hands up and say that he was the one that got it wrong today. As bad as the players were, there's... The, the substitutions were very strange. As you, I mean, you both called it. Shakiri is poor as he's been recently. That's a game for Shakiri. That's where he excels in those type of games. Like Arigi's done one good thing in five years, um, and all of a sudden gets gets on against Man United. And Naby Keita, who was outstanding against Barcelona, uh, Bayern Munich, yeah, can't can't get a minute on the pitch. Weird. Just yeah. What happens? Um, what happens, Ali? If uh, if Liverpool go out of the Champions League to Bayern Munich, and you then don't win the league, so your season will read. You've gone out of both cups at the first possible opportunity. You've gone out of the Champions League at the first knockout round, and you haven't won the league. That's going to go down as a really bad season. When it's going to go down as a Liverpool season, to be honest. With you. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it just it kind of sums Liverpool up to a T. Um, for me, supporting them for so long, you know, just a we we try to pin our hopes on one competition, generally. Um, and for me, I would I would bomb the Champions League off just to straight away. Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, I mean, if you're giving me the option of one or the other, yeah. you know, I don't I, I don't give a toss about the Champions League. And and it sounds stupid because it is the elite competition. But I mean, we've won it five times. We've been in finals even recently. I want the league. It's it's nearly thirty years. Um, yeah, we've won the top league more recently than you have. Yeah, and I genuinely <laughs> believe that if we don't win it this year, it's it's on clock. I mean, the city are only going to get you stronger, aren't they? They they are. Yeah, I mean, like people like I put a tweet out today after the game saying like people are happy taking a point at Old Trafford. While I can understand the sentiment, Man United aren't Man United of the nineties. No. You shouldn't be fearful of going to Old Trafford in 2019 with Ole Solskjaer as their manager um, and Chris Smalling starting centre-half. 18 games uh, since your last win, last win at Old Trafford. And that's that's bad. Yeah, that's a like, long time. Like, we went back to Top of the League today, but by a point, yeah. we now need to we need to match Man City in 11 games. <laughs> and, and I just, I don't know if we can do it. Like, no. Man City have been there, done that. They're, they're only getting stronger. Um, your only hope is they keep winning in competitions and yeah, more games. Just keep pick up some games. injuries, yeah. But like, it's okay for them to get like if Sani gets injured, they they they've got equal player to bring yeah. in. Aguero got injured, they bring in Gabriel Jesus. The Bobby Firmino left Old Trafford on crutches today. That's not who are we bringing in? <laughs> Yeah, or do we go back to playing Naby Keita as like a winger, where where he stank the start of the season now? So I don't know. I just (laughs) losing the league to City is not exactly a a bad feat, but when you put it the way Dave says, I mean, what have we got to show for Klopp's tenure in general? As much as he's improved us, like let's not. I'll not take anything away from there. He's, we shouldn't have been in the, the finals we were in yeah. with the squad that we've had. But we've now spent a lot of money. Um, our squad's still not anywhere near, not anywhere near as good as probably Spurs overall, City, and you could probably argue Chelsea's squad, mm. um, as, as poor a club as they run. But 
we're slowly but surely getting there one piece at a time. But while we've still got the likes of the Lovrens of the world, <laughs> unfortunately, James Milner and Jordan Henderson, they're not league winning calibre players. Um, Don't worry, James, but, you can come home next season. Come well, hopefully, season, uh, <laughs> if you get promoted, that's my aim that you take James Milner on a season long deal. Come back. I think he will. Hope so. It'd be, it'd be a nice tribute to his career. Yeah. In a way. Um, so, yeah. So that was that. That was the Premier League. Um, there was one more game this weekend, and it was the League Cup final. Trophy is in the bag for Man City. It was a fairly... I mean, it was a good game, I said before we start recording, it was a good game for the neutrals, um, but not a lot really happened. I don't remember a massive lot of saves during the game. There wasn't a great deal of shots. And then we were trundling along into extra time, and then um, Kepa showed that there's, well, full on mutiny at Chelsea, basically, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, this was mad, wasn't it, really? On the one hand, I'm thinking, well, obviously, he was down injured twice beforehand, which I think probably makes it a little bit better, because I don't know, he just thought he was only being subbed because he thinks I'm injured, which is why he was desperately trying to say, I'm not injured. But in reality, Caballero's. Basically, a penalty expert. Yeah, that's and, what, um, wasn't City using for that basically for like two or three years. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, and like we said, you know, Kepa has popped on for hands, so frankly, <laughs> him, him not being on the pitch would have helped. <laughs> My wife is a Chelsea fan, and after she saw what actually happened, we'll explain more in a second what actually did happen. Uh, she wanted City to win. She wanted Kepa to be embarrassed, and she actually wanted City to score in full t- uh, within extra time just to not have <laughs> penalties. Because, yeah, like I said, he went down injured twice in extra time, or just for extra time, and in, in towards the last knock-ins of extra time as well. And the second time, he did look like he was properly injured. So, Sarri calls Caballero off the bench, gets him warmed up, gets him on the sidelines, and the board's about to go up. I'm assuming the call's already been made, and Kepa just well, basically flat-out refuses to leave the field. It, it was embarrassing. I felt really embarrassed for Sarri. Because he's not had a good time recently, but he's the manager. Yeah, I, I don't know what uh, did you see when obviously John Moss went over to the sideline and yeah. Sarri went to talk to him and presumably Zola went to interpret it for him mm. um, because I don't think Sarri's English is all that. Um, I didn't know if like Zola had told him the wrong thing because Sarri looked really mad with well everybody but <laughs> mainly mainly Zola. So I don't know if that was related at all. But well, uh, yeah, because after yeah. that Sarri just stormed off, didn't he? He was on his he way did. out of the stadium. <laughs> Uh, I was, he, well, he was just looking for the smoking area, wasn't he? But, uh... <laughs> yeah, he was getting in the car park, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he was he was furious. And I still thought I felt really bad for Caballero. No, just kind of stood in the middle of all this. St- like... Stood there and stood there in full kit, ready yeah. to come on. John Terry, John Terry, <laughs> just stood in the studio in a car seat. I know how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> Not only me. <laughs> But yeah, we did go to penalties, and I mean, Louise missed and Jorginho missed with his silly little skip. It was a good save by um, uh, Edison for that one, and then Louise smashed one off the uh, the post. But some good penalties in there. Um, Aspilicueta's penalty was beautiful, top corner. It was. Yeah, from yeah. A r- right back as well. <laughs> and then he's, he's just good at everything, though, isn't he? He's annoying. He is, yeah. He's their one good defender at that club. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sterling finishes it with a. Stonking penalty off the crossbar and in. I'd like to see that. Yeah, that was unsavable, really, wasn't it? Yeah, you could have had, you had you could have had both keepers in. I wouldn't have kept that up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Kepa's could have stopped Aguero's, couldn't he? But Popolam hands showed up again and just 
like in last week against Pogba, the ball just. Have you have you seen the uh, the short clip of that doing the rounds where it's like Kepa refused to come off and then he does this and it's just like him throwing all the, like his arms about and that before Aguero's pen and he just falls on the ball and obviously goes goes under him and it's just, in isolation it makes it look really really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the very next penalty that Emerson took and it, it was the same kind of situation with Edison but he hit the ball so hard that. Mm. Ed- Ed- Edison got there, but the power of the power of it just went through. And where was Aguero? It was a soft pen. It was. Aguero laughing through it all was great, wasn't it? Yeah, Aguero <laughs> was having a great time, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, Chelsea didn't manage a shot on target in the game. I think that kind of sums it up. They were, they were much more organised than they were last time they played. We'll see because that was six nil. Um, but I don't know. I never really felt like they were going to win the game. But on the same token, I didn't feel like City were going to win the game in normal time either. It was just a total shit fest, Ross. Let's just call it what it was. Like, uh... <laughs> Basically. The first shot on target was in the 43rd minute of the game. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> well, it definitely was a, a City one. One of their three shots on target. What a, uh... Yeah, what a shit game, basically. <laughs> City have got the first one of their quadruple in the bag. Sorry, Ali. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you know what? Just go away. <laughs> uh, let's quickly talk about the championship from this weekend, because um, no matter what Leeds do, Norwich fucking do better. Um, we we struggled to beat Bolton two one. We were quite poor in this. Um, we scored with a really fluky goal from Alioski, who kind of I don't even know what it was. It was a shot, come cross, come just smack it towards the goal, and the keeper kind of. Oh, he did a great, great job of this, didn't he? It was like playing FIFA on easy mode. He just <laughs> was like, ah, it's there, but what's the point? I think you were completely done by the flight of the ball, didn't it? I think it took a slight deflection and kind of looped up and he just kind of palmed it into his own net. It was quite funny to see. <laughs> but um, yeah, we won. We keep the pressure on, but we're now in third because of uh, Sheffield United beating West Brom. Could have really done with an equaliser from West Brom there. And no doubt West Brom will batter us on Friday um, because they've done this now, but... Norwich won again. They beat Bristol City 3-2 after being down twice in that game. I've given up on... We're not going to win the league now. Norwich are going to win it because they just cannot be beaten, seemingly. <laughs> it's between us and Sheffield United, I think, for that second place. And I, I, I can't lose out to Sheffield United. I hate Sheffield United. Who's your game in hand against, Ross? Uh, it's on Tuesday night against QPR. QPR. So they you should are, win that. Yeah, they're, they're down in 18th. We've played them twice already this season once in the FA Cup and we beat them in the league they beat us in the Cup we played the kids in the Cup so I'm fairly confident don't, but we've got don't let, don't let Steve McLaren derail this uh, promotion campaign here, honestly. imagine if Steve McLaren's the one that kills our station <laughs> you don't want that on your, oh, on your conscience no that would be hideous uh, but yeah we've, we've got them we played Saturday we're playing Tuesday and we're playing Friday against West Brom I'm, I'm not looking forward to this week if we can come out of this with seven points including Bolton game I'll be happy get a draw against West Brom and just see I mean as long as we win it's still in our hands we'll be we'll go back to the top if we beat QPR tomorrow and there's not many better places to be than top of the table so no. I'm confident he says really confidently <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I hate this I miss being 15th and games just washing over me like if we if we'd won this game two one last season, I think yeah, that's that's good. Wouldn't bother me at all. But I wake up thinking about Leeds. I go to sleep thinking about Leeds, and every every other waking thought is about Leeds at the minute. It's it's, it's horrible, horrible, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. God, yeah, yeah you're, just... you're in the Premier League. 
I've said. Oh, I don't. I, I, I've, I've said for years. I, I, I'd quite like to be like a team like West Brom, because right? <laughs> it felt like we were never going to get to the title challenging way. So I quite wanted to be that team who were, you know, battling relegation, who had something to play for at the end of the season. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I quite miss this whole mediocrity fifth six. <laughs> You know, your, your season's finished in November and you can just enjoy the games that are on. I, I will happily swap if that's... If that's... <laughs> <laughs> You've seen your team win two two leagues recently, Dave. Yeah. I know it's the championship, but still I'd fucking kill to get out of this league at the minute. Well, true. I mean, I've also seen, seen us blow a 12-point Premier League lead as well in true, March, yeah. so... You know, it's, oh, we, it's, it's we, just been sunshine and rainbows all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I seen us blow a seven one with three games to go as well. Remember, so ah yes, yeah. Brendan Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> Are we thinking Brendan's going to turn up at Leicester, or is uh, someone with with less good teeth going to turn up at Leicester? I think that's a step down for Rogers. <clears throat> you think? I said a few. Like, what are Leicester's expectations now? Well, yeah. They, they've won the league. They're never going to do it again. Like, let's be real. Like that—that that was a one-off, super freak season. There was a reason the odds were what they were. Yeah. Um, in the bookies, no manager can go in there now because the the fans have got such high expectations. You said the player power in that club is disgusting. It's it's on par with Chelsea's. Mm. Um, they're not going to get millions to spend. To like reinvest in a whole new squad. No. So what's their aim? Brendan Rodgers isn't a group manager by no means. <laughs> but he's got a very big ego. But he <laughs> yes, believes, he you know, he believes he should be at a bigger club than than he deserves to get. And I just don't see him taking a job like. like I don't know where he would go. And and matter of fact, but he I just Arsenal don't. Job, s- he? Yeah, and I think the Arsenal job kind of suited them in a way. The way Arsenal played football, you know, he could go back to the the Swansea type way that he played, and yeah, um, he, he's a Rogers is a very good coach. Yeah, he's not he, a man manager, is he? No, he would need a lot of time, and he's terrible with money. So you <laughs> like a lot of tell those those players that are out the, out the squad as well. Um, are you worried about Rafa leaving for Leicester, Dave? Mm, not really um, for the reasons you've said there like Rafa likes a, a project yeah. um, and as you say with, with Leicester they've already already had, had as, as good as it's ever going to be so um, as, as, what, what's he building towards well, like yeah, it's it, it's hard to say no on the other hand like, I think it's good that, from our point of view that they've sacked Puel before the end of the season because I can't see Rafa breaking off from us now no no um, so unless they're going to hire someone on a temporary basis to end the season, um, then we might be all right. But who knows? They could do worse than getting someone like David Wagner. Really, I mean, he's he kept Huddersfield up last season and played some nice th- football. <sighs> yeah, but it's a bit un- it's a bit difficult to say, isn't it? Because he, he he did well with with nothing. Like mm. he had very little to work with. How would he do managing egos and things? And if if the worried about Vardy and playing possession football. <laughs> um, it's not going to get any better for him. Because, <laughs> no, because Huddersfield fucking love of... passing the ball sideways. <laughs> <laughs> the list of candidates has got Brendan as a huge favourite. Then Wagner, the Neil Lennon, Michael Appleton, Nigel Pearson back in the running, Mikel Arteta, Steve Clark. Ch- I mean, Le- Lennon's, Lennon's not a bad shout purely because of the history. Yeah, oh, yeah. worth the club. Um, it, 
I mean, he exceeded his managerial expectations at Celtic. Again, not difficult to do. <laughs> but it still looks good in the, the, the resume because Celtic are such a big club mm. in general. So, I mean, they're a far bigger club than Leicester are. So, again, it might look good for that way. I just... Rodgers is on for... Is it eight in a row this season? I think so, yeah. Eight, or, uh, eight yeah. He, I just don't see him leaving Celtic till 10 in a row's been hit. What's David Moyes up to these days? Well, <laughs> there you go. There's he was one. on TalkSport today. Oh, he's def- he's <laughs> he desperate did for a job. <laughs> oh, yeah. Him and, him, him and Stuart Pearce, the old dream team, back together. So. <laughs> So Thierry Henry could be looking for a job. Well, he's too busy doing the uh, whatever the football equivalent is of dogging for those Renault adverts. <laughs> which tra- drives around going, ha football. And it's just... <laughs> they, could, they could become Frank Lampard's Leicester City. He's got a, he's got a great record. With well, he'll, so be, he'll be an interim charge of Chelsea at this road once, yeah, uh, once Sarri gets binned. <laughs> and then Jody Morris. <laughs> um, right then before we go let's do a little bit of gossip you tell me if you think these are true or not um, Arsenal head the chase for Crystal Palace right back Aaron Wambisaka who is rated at £40 million pounds. are Arsenal going to spend £40 million on a Palace right back no <laughs> I'm going not, false <laughs> not, not if Monchi comes in as expected <laughs> Okay, here's one for you, Dave, and uh, get ready for this. Newcastle are preparing to break their transfer record and have agreed a £51 million deal <laughs> to sign Brazilian striker Joel Linton from Hoffenheim in the summer. Uh, false. But it's all agreed, Dave. The Sport 1 via the star have told us. Yeah, but it's it's £1 million plus a, li- a, li- a lifetime supply of Donny socks. <laughs> and once they, read that small, once they read that small print, that deal's off. <laughs> that one's obviously false. Um, uh, let's see what else is here there's not a lot actually um, it's all kind of managerial stuff Sarex Ferguson has told close friends that interim manager Solskjaer should be given the job so that kind of gives Solskjaer the job permanently doesn't it because Fergie does that, realistically run that club that's done deal <laughs> I, I like these only, only sort of close friends though yeah. everyone, else, everyone else he plays, plays with a straight bat but like, it's close friends you know, yeah, I think he's got it yeah. <laughs> Uh, Burnley and England keeper. That's, well, that's very generous. Uh, Joe Hart could be set for a move to the MLS. Ah, uh, that's what we're talking about. Perfect end to his career. That has to be. Yeah, that's what, superstar out there. More money, less effort. Yeah, and that, that's <laughs> sort. I mean, we reunited. Striker Salomon Rondon on loan at Newcastle from West Brom has revealed he is happy to remain at the Magpies beyond this season. That's very generous of him. <laughs> Is he willing to sign for free though, with no transfer fee or a signing on fee? That, that's what it comes down to. Like, are West Brom willing to let us have him? <laughs> I mean, the thing is, we, we did a loan swap between him and Dwight Gale because Mike actually hates spending money, so he yeah. just like farms out other players. So if we can just swap them two over, that's fine with me. <laughs> uh, there's not really much else. Uh, Liverpool manager director Billy Hogan says transfer funds will be made available to Jurgen Klopp. Who? Billy Hogan. Billy Hogan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who's, I have never heard of him. Long lost <laughs> third Hogan brother after Horace. That's, it. That's yeah. about time. That's about time. <laughs> Could have got him to play Hogan in the biopic, didn't they? <laughs> They've been very generous to Chris Hemsworth, but we're off which, topic massively. Which, which part of Hulk Hogan's career is in that biopic? Like, is it, it can't it's be the whole the, thing, sure. No, you? no, definitely oh, no. not. It's, it's the good wrestling stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's the early years. It's the lead up to Hulkamania. 
Oh, yeah. right. I was kind of hoping it was going to be like when he stormed out and went to Japan. Like, that would have been, would have been a real eye-opener. <laughs> when he made the sex tape and when he did the, the racist <laughs> comments and that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, him and, That's him not and... racist anymore, though. That's fine. It's... <laughs> um, former Premier League referee Mark Plattenberg will return to full-time refereeing in the Chinese Super League. Yes. Having completed his stay as director of refereeing in Saudi Arabia. Fucking cushy jobs he's getting now. He's just, he's just <laughs> sorting out all the world's major problems. Like the state, I've always said the state of refereeing in Saudi Arabia has never been better since he went there. So now if he can impart that same wisdom on China, then fair play to him. Good old class. Still in this truck from the World Cup. Not allowed near a studio. Ah, well, a, a, a monkey nicked his tabs. So <laughs> there we go then. That is the end of this week's Man of the Post podcast. Uh, you can find us, of course, on Twitter at Man on the Post. Um, you can find Ali on Twitter at Ali Thompson eighty four. I think. <laughs> I love that you never know what it is. <laughs> um, Dave, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at cm nine seven nine eight. And where can they find your written works? Cm nine seven nine eight dot uk. And there's also uh, at cm or one or two blogs, which is uh, kind of a new venture, which is starting to pick up some traction so head there as well if you'd like more recent but still old champ it's definitely not got me playing the game again definitely not that's what it's all about <laughs> yeah, I've been loving playing that this afternoon and I might send you some written work for that as well if you want oh, to oh ah, please do possibly I'm not a very good writer I'm more about the words the talking words rather than the written words but still um, Ali do you want to give um, ring the bell a plug Wrestlemania season yeah, it's, I mean, we've kind of been disappearing, but uh, to just check out Ring the Bell podcast. There's been some great ones over the Royal Rumble weekend with, with uh, Andrew Martin and, and the gang, um, and also WrestleMania Lumens, so hopefully we'll be back in your ears very soon. Yeah, there's some stuff happening around WrestleMania weekend. Some big news on that, so keep your eyes and ears over at Ring the Bell as well. Um, I'm out of the loop on this one, so... Um. Oh, yeah. Get in touch with Andrew. And he'll <laughs> yes! Back in the loop. <laughs> I, I've been watching... Uh, I'm still... From when we first started this, I've been watching uh, every Raw Smackdown pay-per-view from... I started on January the 1st, 99. I'm now up to uh, July 2000. Um, it's been a, an emotional time, but yeah. like at the moment, Chris Benoit is just starting to make a name for himself, so I wonder what happened to him. Ooh, good lad. Yeah. He's a... <laughs> <laughs> the longest sell in history can't wait till he comes back and wins the Rumble next year um, <laughs> <laughs> statistically unlikely I think <laughs> it's, work. it's all the work it's kayfabe um, yeah let's move away from that topic um, you can if you're getting us from iTunes leave us a five star rating review that would really help us get up the rankings um, if you're getting us from I think we're on Spotify we're on uh, Acast we're on uh, Stitcher basically everywhere you can get a podcast from you'll find Man on the Post there so just have a listen for us on there subscribe to us follow us rate and review us like us we're on Facebook Man on the Post Chris does all that so give him a a, a thumbs up for that as well but thank you very much and for joining abuse. me eh? and abuse you got to give him don't oh, just yeah, give him you've got to give Chris plenty of abuse that's Etchingham 77 on Twitter <laughs> and <laughs> give him lots of abuse <laughs> uh, but until next week's gents when hopefully Chris is back in the big chair but if not um, I won't be here because I'm at work so someone else will host this Um, you'll find out next week when you hear it but it's goodbye from me (laughs) goodbye from Ali goodbye and goodbye from Dave cheerio and always remember to have your man on the post